This is the Eye on Potatoes, brought to you by the National Potato Council. The Eye is the place to tune in for conversations with growers and thought leaders on advocacy, production, and all things potatoes. Now, here's your host, Lane Nordland. All right, friends, welcome back to the Eye on Potatoes podcast. Lane Nordland, happy to be with you here today for this emergency update here on the podcast. Joining us is CEO of the National Potato Council, Cam Quarles, and we are going to be discussing the potato ward issue in Canada's Prince Edward Island. Uh, Cam, this has been at the forefront of uh, potato producers here in the U.S. and Canada for the past few weeks. Uh, let's uh, share an update on what is going on. What is the uh, the position of uh, the National Potato Council? H- how does trade reopen and uh, really look at this as a plant health uh, issue in-, in keeping the U.S. and the Canadian uh, potato crops as healthy as they can be? Yeah, thanks, Lane. Um, and thanks for doing this on short notice. As you say, this has been this issue, which uh, um, has has really risen up here in the last few weeks, um, is it, it's caused a lot of questions, I think, on both sides of the border. Um, obviously, there's a number of producers and operations here in the United States that are impacted. Um, and so, I'm really glad to have this time with you to kind of talk through where things are as we understand them, and then um, you know ho- hopefully figure out what a what we believe a path that the technical experts are going to going to chart to a solution to this, um, a- at least a uh, hopefully a reopening of the trade. How we get from here to there. Um, so so thanks for thanks for the time. Um, just in in starting, you know, uh, potato wart obviously highly destructive disease. Um, it 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 it's something that um, uh, a couple of different production areas in Canada have grappled with over the past century. Really, Newfoundland um, was highly impacted by it and is still highly impacted by potato wart. Um, PEI has had. Uh, some potato wart fines, some challenges over a number of years. Um, as you recall, just over a year ago, uh, there it was notified by the Canadian Food Inspection Agency, CFIA, to uh, USDA APHIS that they had detected potato wart in their seed supply. And that... Uh, you understand the ramifications of that. I think mm-hmm. you know most most people do. That that's the worst possible place that you can get a detection of any type of disease, especially one that's as virulent as potato wart. Um, that that incident triggered an immediate suspension of seed exports to the United States, and APHIS and CFIA launched into an investigative process to to figure out. How did how did the disease get into those seed fields? The sum total of that investigation, some five months later, was inconclusive. The CFIA didn't understand how it got there. They didn't have the necessary evidence to figure that out. And absent that type of evidence from CFIA, APHIS really had nothing further to go on in terms of, at that time, it was CFIA voluntarily suspending exports to the United States of seed. And APHIS really had nothing to go on 
um, to object to CFIA lifting that suspension. But it obviously caused a lot of us here in the U.S. some concern that you know you you had you had this type of outbreak in seed and there wasn't really any understanding of how it got there. That being said, we didn't want to cause a lot of volatility in the trade environment between between the U.S. and Canada at that time. And you've got to operate on the evidence that you have. So APHIS, I think, um, they, they allowed the, the trade to resume. And then, you know, fortunately, we found nothing in that traceback process in the United States, which it would have indicated um, any type of issues here. Then, Lane, fast forward seven months after that trade resumes, and we have another round of, of wart detections, this time in processing fields in Prince Edward Island. And at, at, at that time, I think APHIS, APHIS was rightfully quite concerned about what was appeared to be and appears to be an evolving disease uh, situation in PEI. Subsequent to those fines, which were, um, I guess it's getting on two months ago, maybe a little less than that, um, CFIA has provided at an industry meeting we had um, here, here in Washington and CFIA zoomed into that meeting. They provided some data on their soil testing on the ground in PEI. And over, over the last five years, their data um, was very clear that the soil testing has declined substantially, uh, slightly greater than 75% decline uh, in soil testing. And the reason that captured a lot of folks' attention and interest is because that single method lane is the most effective way that you can figure out where the disease is and where it isn't. And without knowing where the disease resides, you're not able to make an informed decision on, you know, first, hopefully, um, you figure out that most of the fields are clean. But without that testing data, you don't know that. And Cam, jumping in there, I just want to share the number of soil samples over those years. Uh, from 2012 to 2018, the average soil sample on Prince Edward Island was 8,538 samples per year. In 2019, it was actually higher at 10,686. 2020, we saw a pullback to just over 3,700. In 2021, 1,931. So I guess our, our audience may be asking, uh, who, who was responsible for this testing? And uh, what were some of the factors that folks have informed you why that testing has been pulled back a little bit? Yeah, I, I think that, that you know that that question is one that a number of different folks are asking, and um, you know we're we're interested, obviously, just like um, just like a number of of different entities, we're, we 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 would like to know the answer to that too. I, I think the concern that the immediate reaction was when you start having like when 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 you start having these uh, disease detections in in the seed supply a year more than a year ago. We, it, it's hoped that that would be kind of an all hands on deck type of circumstance, and you'd see testing really ramp up immediately. Um, it, it's of concern that you've got to drop from 
you know, from that five-year average, you had about a, a greater than 75% drop. In just the last year, you had a really substantial drop as well. When you'd think it would be going the other way, it, you would think it would be the, the inverse. To answer your question, I don't know. Mm -hmm. um, but I think a lot of people are trying to figure that out. Um, re regardless of how we got here, though, Lane, that testing has got to resume, and it's got to resume in a very substantial way. So I think that's where everybody's pushing right now to really understand what's going on there. And just to put this into a context, maybe on a dollar amount for our listeners that are maybe tuning in on the Hill, working for a, a congressman or woman or someone out in the countryside, uh, the potato war could cost the U.S. industry alone over $225 million. And that's a disease like this is not something that you can just uh, uh, say, oh, we have it. We've cleaned it up. It's not here anymore. It, it would take quite some time to try and go through the process of making sure, doing the testing uh, and whatnot. Th this is a huge threat to the U.S. potato industry. Yeah, if it, I, I think that's the that's the big concern for everyone. I mean, and certainly it's the concern for ever all the all the folks on on PEI and the rest of Canada as well as the U.S. is you don't want to let something like this get out of get out of control. We we truly hope that the data comes back, that once they resume testing on PEI, the data comes back, and we hope that it shows that the vast majority of production in PEI is clean of wart. That That is the best possible outcome. And I think if we had evidence today that that was the case, that that would be wonderful. That that we we could have trade effectively unimpacted. The challenge is you just don't have that data, so you can't make that that decision today. You you don't you don't know that, and so we've got to get from a place of this kind of information gap to we've got to fill in that information gap, uh, so so you can you can decide which fields need to be placed under quarantine unable to export. Uh, certainly, I, I would assume that the other Canadian provinces would be concerned about uh, domestic shipments as well. And then what fields are clean, you can place some remedial, uh, some secondary measures to, to really further minimize the risk and allow trade to continue with the confidence that everybody wants it to, um, to, to continue under. Um, I, I think that's the, that's, the end, that's the end goal here. So um, we're we're, you know, we're very hopeful that the authorities there can get that that work undertaken and uh, get that data data built out and then make some informed decisions going forward. And I want to stress too, Cam, this isn't a, a trade war. This is, again, as we mentioned at the beginning, this is a plant health issue. What is some of the communication that MPC has had with USDA in, in looking at this? Obviously, they are going to, they, they are taking this uh, situation very seriously. What is the communication you've had uh, with the folks just down the road from you? Yeah, I mean, I think USDA is taking a, um, a very responsible approach to this. I, I think they've, um, uh, a, a, as you say, the you know the, this is the, this is exclusively a plant health issue. Um, the the notion that we would, um, you know, the U.S. has been here before. Um, we've you know, if, and really anybody in agriculture anywhere in the world, 
it's not if you're going to have a pest or disease issue, it's when you're going to have it. And, you know, you can't use these type of issues as um, uh, an obstructionist measure to gain some kind of competitive advantage. I, I think there are some impacted growers in PEI who understandably are they're they're very frustrated over this circumstance and and I think everyone sympathizes with them over over the impact of this. Um, the it it has to be the 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 fastest solution to this has to be through the technical experts. So that's why we're that's why we're pushing so so hard on this. Um, I think USDA has been um, very forthright in saying that, and I think Secretary Vilsack, you know, his comments speak to this, is the desire is to have all of this survey work done and the trade reopened safely when it's appropriate. And, you know, that's the, um, that, that's the end game here. So I think everybody, uh, as far as USDA, U.S. industry, and I think the and I think the CFIA folks um, are are also echoing this: is that you know they're the the they're sitting down to work to get this information, and um, the the hope is that it can be generated relatively rapidly. So next steps, obviously, we've stressed the the technical side of this is truly going to uh, to show to give us answers uh, to open up that uh, trade path once again. Uh, for our friends that are tuning in, how how do they stay involved in this and get the most uh, up to date information other than the podcast? Uh, what are some ways that they can stay tuned in with uh, how the National Potato Council is uh, is uh, keeping an eye on this? Yeah, I mean, we we have our, uh, we, you know, obviously we have our social media um, uh, avenues that we try to um, we try to inform people on. Uh, you know, I I put out a, a week or so ago uh, uh, a piece in the Packer that kind of laid out where things are and where they need to go. Um, I, I think the you know the situation largely remains the same from that um, from that piece. Uh, we also have our our uh, weekly newsletters. I mean, we you know we really want people to understand where where we think this is um, because it, you know it's obviously it's a huge impact for the PEI growers. Um, it's also a big impact for our processors, growers who rely on seed from PEI. Uh, up and down the East Coast, you know, that's been a challenge for them. Now, this is the second year of challenges for them. Um, and, you know, you, you obviously have uh, fresh uh, table stock potatoes from, from PEI that are sold in the U.S. market. All of this is impacted. And, um, you know, truly, this is a, even though they're quite obviously, there's a, there's a border between the U.S. and Canada, but our, our industries are really symbiotic. It's a North American potato industry. It's, um, uh, the the U.S. and U.S. and Canada are political distinctions, but you know, the trade is very much melded together. And when you get a when you get an impact like this, it does become a crisis very quickly. And we you know we take that we take that seriously. You you stated the numbers earlier. That, those are just the the direct numbers. Um, if uh, th- those are the direct numbers, if trading partners started shutting down our export markets over. Over this disease or any other disease, that's that's what we're facing. If uh, if we let let a, a virulent disease get into our production, um, 
you know, we've we've faced those type of challenges in the past, and uh, we don't want to we don't want to see them happen again in our future. So I think that's why we're taking this so seriously. Um, but you know, the end goal here really is to get this trade restarted. It's just got to got to restart safely. And Cam, also, this will be a, a big topic along with other key issues at the Potato Expo 2022. We just uh, don't want to forget to give uh, that a shout out January 5th through the 6th. Uh, more could be found at uh, Potato Expo online. Cam, uh, what are you looking forward to most here in just a few weeks down in Anaheim, California, as we gather for Potato Expo? Yeah, we we're uh, really excited to get back together with everyone. Uh, Expo. It's just flat out been too long. Um, uh, we've got a great show that's setting up for everyone. Informative. It's also very social. There's a huge business component. It's always amazing to see the entire potato industry under one roof. Uh, it's it's, it's uh, going to be doubly exciting to have it this year after we've been apart from each other for so long. So we're really looking forward to it. Obviously, we're going to be in uh, hopefully sunny California. It'll be a little bit of warm weather for those folks coming from colder climates. We we hope we'll have some nice 70-degree days there in Southern California. And uh, for those who have younger families, or maybe you're uh, if you're a fan of Mickey anyway, we're literally right across the street from Disneyland. So uh, really, uh, it couldn't be a better environment to get things hopefully a little bit more back to normal, Lane. And, of course, downtown Disney is, is right there as well. You don't need a ticket to go there. And also, the one hotel has that famous tiki bar. I, I don't know if you've ever been to the tiki bar at the Disney Hotel. Oh, I love the uh, I love the tiki bar, Lane. Yep. And uh, maybe you you will be at the Potato Expo. Maybe you and I should go to the tiki bar at the uh, for, uh, when when things aren't rocking and rolling on the show floor. Uh, maybe that's what – I think that's where I heard the podcast. Mark was going to have us – that was going to be the podcast area, actually, was the tiki it, bar. Yeah. <laughs> it's these type of strategic decisions I think are going to going to be a, a, a huge value to uh Potato Expo 2022 line. <laughs> uh, again, Cam Quarles with us. Cam, uh, do you want to leave us with some final closing thoughts as we uh, as we look at our our, our situation with our, our friends on Prince Edward Island? No, I just think I, I hope this was this is useful for folks who are trying to get up to date on this issue. Uh, it, it's it's an incredibly big deal on both sides of the border. Um, again, we want it resolved quickly and safely. I think that's everybody's goal. And um, we're, we're, we want to commit significant energy into seeing that goal realized. So thanks a lot for doing this on, a, on short notice, Lane. You're very welcome, Cam. Again, very important topics for all sectors of the U.S. potato industry. Cam Quarles, CEO of the National Potato Council. Or the Eye on Potatoes podcast, I'm Lane Nordland with this special emergency podcast. We'll catch you next time. Thanks for tuning in to the National Potato Council's Eye on Potatoes podcast with host Lane Nordland. For more information, visit nationalpotatocouncil.org and make sure to subscribe to the podcast today. 